All right, I'm starting the room here. I don't know if you can hear me, but I'll keep the chat open. Um, and if you say hello to me in the chat or you ask a question in the chat, uh, we can get this thing started. Looks like a couple of people have the call-in app and are fans of the you know, podcast. 31 people, it looks like. Um, and that's great. And I see we're already having callers line up. I don't know how to use the app because I haven't used it in a couple of months. But it does look like they've added a lot of features here. And so let me take a look at the interface here. I see a Music Plus sounds. Wow, I can upload sounds and do a soundboard. That's a cool feature. I see people are queuing up. So queue up if you want to ask a question. Keep it respectful, uh, but ask anything. I don't care what you ask. Um, if you're a fan of the show, I think you understand we are a full contact show. So feel free to ask any question about any topic. And let me just do a tweet here that we're live. Tweet, boom. This app is really snappy. My God, it's so much better. Really happy uh, if the team from Colin is here. I just wanted to say great job to the team. Uh, and so I got 91 people live. And I guess um, there is a chat tab here with no messages in it. So I don't know if that means it's not working. But if everybody could go to the chat tab and just tell me your name. Oh, no, you don't need your name because you'll say it on the avatar. Just say um, what city you're calling in from and how long you've been listening to All In. This is basically, uh, I said on the last episode, I would do like a Q&A after the episode. You have questions about the episode, questions about the pod, questions for me about my life. Uh, but say hello over here and just tell me what city you're calling in from and uh, how long you've been listening to All In. So does everybody see that chat on the right side? Or maybe people are going to a different page. Maybe you people don't even see the chat room. Maybe it's a setting I didn't turn on, but I don't see one person chatting. Um, you know, if you look at the tab on the top, there should be like a circle with a person's head in it and then next to it, chat boxes. But nobody's in the chat box room, which makes me think I didn't turn on chat. Edit room, let's see. Room settings, private, no. Live chat, allow participants to send messages, yes. Emotes, links. Okay, yeah, I think I have the right settings. But nobody's over here. Hello. Nobody, really? can see it. All right, I guess I'll just start taking calls. Gregory, you'll be up first. Uh, I will uh, make you the next caller. Boom. Let's see if that worked. Okay. Oh, I see. I can make them the next caller, but then I have to take next caller. Okay. Gregory, you're up. Or Gregory was up and Gregory's gone. Okay. I don't know what happened there. Maybe Gregory made a mistake and clicked something wrong. I'll take Jeff next. Okay, Jeff, I think you're on. Nope. Jeff disappeared. What is going on here? That was weird. Okay, let's try. Hello. Okay, that's Rob. Hey. Rob, yeah. unmute yourself. And uh, hey, Rob, you're talking to Jason Calacanis. Hey, Cal. My question for you is, can you rank the besties in poker? Ranking the besties in poker. Um, in Hold'em, uh, Sachs is the best no-limit Hold'em player. Chamat's the best high stakes player. Uh, Friedberg is the worst. And I'm um, variable. If I want to play tight and win, I can chip off some wins, but it really depends on um, the stakes of the game. I have a hard time staying focused when it's low stakes, but probably overall, Sachs and Chamath are equally ranked. I'm right behind them, probably. 
Maybe yeah, maybe it's Sachs and Shabbat and Freeberg and I. That would probably be the most honest. There you um, go. Yeah. Do you have uh, a but, fa- you know, yeah, go ahead. Do you have a favorite game outside No Limit and uh, like PLO that you guys play? No, we play No Limit, and then there's some people who like to play PLO. Sachs refuses to play PLO because he hasn't mastered it yet. So that <laughs> tells you everything you need to know. All right, well done. Rob. Uh, oh, I don't want to ban him. I want to just take the next caller. So I click take. Then I have to click again, I guess, and say, oh, wait. Sam, are you there? Maybe you have to unmute. Uh, it's unclear if you click once or click twice. Sam, do you want to unclick yep. your can, microphone? Can you hear me? Oh, there you go. Yeah, okay, so that's hey. what it is. I I think I may have pushed people out by accident by hitting take next caller twice. Okay, so Sam? Got it. I'm here. Hey, big yeah. fan of the pod. Thanks for taking oh, my thanks. call. Uh, two questions for you. Where's okay. your? What's your favorite place to eat in Tahoe? Okay. And uh, why haven't you guys had Peter Zihon on the show yet? Okay. Uh, um, so in Tahoe, there is a new restaurant um, in Truckee and Tahoe. I'm trying to think of, let me see here. Uh, what's it called? Great, good, great, great gold. Uh, so there's a restaurant called Great Gold. It's new. Um, I would say this is like legitimately would be a four and a half star out of five Yelp rating if it was in um, San Francisco or four, at least. Great pizzas, great pastas, just absolutely great. It's called Great Gold. And then the Truckee Ice Cream Company, uh, also great. Uh, Truckee Ice Creamery, they actually, Little Truckee Ice Creamery um, by Donner Pass, they actually make their own ice cream, so pretty great. Uh, and the second was, why have we, we're not having guests. Um, nobody wants to have guests anymore. And in fact, uh, since our little brouhaha, um, all of the besties are showing up. Like Freeberg was doing two out of three shows. And, you know, since we had our little, uh, you know, debate, I was like, you know, are you going to show up for every show or every week? You know, am I going to know if you're going to be here or not? And he's committed to showing up every week. Everybody's committed to showing up every week. I told everybody the show goes on, you know, uh, we're doing it every week and uh, we've been pretty consistent. So I've been trying to, uh, you know, wrangle i would you could say it's herding cats but it's more like herding tigers so i've been trying to herd the tigers and keep the show on the rails every week it's not easy if i'm being honest yeah i can tell but hey i appreciate you guys so keep it up oh thanks pal appreciate you all right luca you're up uh, i guess i gotta say make next caller so that means luca you're next and I don't, Luca, I think you have to unmute yourself. I won't click next caller because I don't want to skip you. But go ahead, Luca. Um, yeah, yeah. How, how are you doing? How are you doing, Jacob? I, um, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. It's been a long week. I'll tell you that. Right. Um, I have a question about you guys. Uh, like, do you have like a consistent day when you will uh, have pods, or sometimes like, it's on Saturday, it drops on Saturdays or Fridays yeah. or something? We yeah. we're always trying to do Thursday. I've tried to but, lock everybody into a Thursday taping Thursday morning. Why Thursday? Uh, because the editor takes all night because the sax has so many goddamn edits to the show. <laughs> Good edits, though. Sax actually turns out as a great editor. And he actually, that's where Sax puts a lot of work into the show, and I appreciate that, actually. He will work with the editor to make sure, like, we tighten it up a little bit if we drowned on, drone on and on. So we typically tape 145 to get down to 120. We'll take out some of the banter. That's unnecessary to try to make a nice, tight show for you, uh, as, we, as we've as we talked about publicly on the show. And... Um, 
That means that my editors and my team don't need to give up their Friday nights. Also means the show drops, you know, one or two in the morning, Thursday, people have it for Friday and the weekend. We used to do Fridays, but the problem is, you know, besties sometimes take a Friday off a long weekend and then we have to move it to Thursday. So I'm just trying to get everybody to do Thursdays, 10 a.m. When Chamath was in Europe for the summer, we do 9 a.m. That made me and Sack super grumpy. We're not morning people. So you probably noticed the summer was just a bit of a shit show because Sax and I are like barely awake at 9 a.m. 10 a.m. is an okay call time. It's really important for people's energy, you know. That's why I do the speaking startups 10 a.m. every day because it's just my energy's really good at 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. So that's when I like to work. Great question, Luca. So one, one more question is uh, no? so I, another question is actually a comment. The way you are going in your path, I think you'll get to uh, your own private jet uh, even without uh, the ad money. <laughs> Thank you for that. I mean, I, in, in truth, I kind of joke about that. You know, I like to ham things up. I could have a. I wouldn't buy a jet right now, but I could have a jet suite card if I wanted to. Most of the time I travel alone and I just don't like wasting, you know, that. So if I become obscenely wealthy at some point and I feel like wasting a shit ton of money, maybe I'll do it. But for now, I I kind of also like people and going through the airport and meeting people. I'm a people person. If you ever see me, you recognize me somewhere. Even if I'm with my kids, you can just always say, hey, I love the pod. Tell me what your favorite episode is. Totally willing to take a selfie. Just don't be weird. You know, that's what I always ask people. Don't be weird. Um, but I love meeting the fans. I'll take 10 selfies in a row if you were at the All In Summit. Um, I was, we, we had a VIP room set up for like Besties family and Besties. And like Sax and Jamal and Freiburg were like, they would get mobbed for selfies. They would do it for half an hour, God love them, and then go into the room. Um, I would do it for, gosh, uh, you know, I stayed out there for two hours just taking selfies with people. I, I, I love it. I love meeting the fans. I love being micro famous, <laughs> as I like to say. Uh, niche famous in this regard and uh you know yeah it gets a little weird sometimes but not super weird because i think most fans are super respectful right and they're in the industry and they don't lose their shit and they just take a selfie and it's all good great uh any news about uh episode 92 youtube from youtube did they did they reach out yeah they wrote us back and they were just like it was accidentally turned off and they won't give us any other information sax is making it into a bit of a you know, something more there. All right. I don't think it's censorship. I'll be honest. I think what's right. happening is um, I, I, I talked about it. I don't know if you follow me on Twitter, um, but if you follow at Jason on Twitter, I, after the last episode and this like de- constant debating about the Ukraine situation, every time Sachs and I have like a little beef or something like that, or a debate, I get what's called brigaded hundreds and hundreds of accounts will attack me in the YouTube comments. They'll attack me on my feed. You're a shitty moderator. Stop interrupting sacks. And then I click on their likes. I click on their, who they follow. And they're like, I literally four out of five times. They have let's go Brandon and a Trump. And they're just MAGA supporters. Now Sachs is not MAGA. As everybody knows, he's been pretty clear about that, but he does draw the MAGA crowd, obviously. Um, and so I had to pause my Twitter to just, only allow people who I follow to comment because it was getting so acute. Um, and so I think what happened was there's a group of people, and it could be liberals doing it too, by the way, and this is concept of brigading. So there are people in signal groups or in discords, and they'll take a link of mine, like a tweet, and they'll say, okay, go attack Jason on this tweet. And I know oh, this because I'll get 40 tweet, I'll get forty replies. I mean, I don't care, but when I didn't have my account on protected i will get 40 replies on one tweet but they won't do the other tweets right so you know it's coordinated and it's sometimes it's a tweet from a day ago or two days ago and then all of a sudden i see in my feed 30 responses 
and they're all from people who created their account in the last 18 months and they have no followers or sometimes they don't have an image or, you know, that kind of thing. So I think somebody brigaded and it could have been the left, right? They might have disagreed with something. I think there's something Friedberg talked about, about revolution or something like that in the end of the episode, <laughs> people were speculating. But anyway, I think it could be people on the left were gating. And if 20 people or 50 people report a video on YouTube, it'll get demonetized and then taken down. So I have a feeling it was a coordinated attack, but they won't tell me if it is. I asked them twice. So. Thank you very much. Hey, nice to All meet right, you, Luca. Good luck. Good All right, Sam, I think uh, Sam, Bye. zero followers. Zero, speaking of zero followers and zero following, Sam, you're up next. I'm making you the next caller. You've got the Biden uh, Vermont winter jacket. Sam, I'm, I'm almost scared. Uh, this, are you uh, a true Biden fan or are you trolling? <laughs> you, you mean Bernie? Guy? You mean Bernie? Brandon, Bernie, whoever, yeah, whatever his name is. Are yeah, you a yeah. Bernie guy or are you a are you a troll maga? No, I'm a I'm a Bernie fan. Um, oh, okay, great. Yeah, actually, well, the All In podcast. If we can get twenty percent of the revenue of the seven point <laughs> five billion that Jason Calacanis and his other uh, industrial billionaires, we could manage the budget. That's my yeah, thank you, everybody. That's uh, uh, no, I was just thank curious you, if um you've had a chance to look at the Vox article about Launch House and if you had any thoughts about Oof. that situation. Yeah, you know, Molly and I talked about it on this week in Stardust. We're coming out any minute. Yeah, I mean, okay, there's a lot going on there. They're all allegations. So I always am very careful as somebody with a big platform, you know, just let the facts come out of illegal activity occurred, inappropriate activity. You know, it's you have to be careful, right? Um because what if somebody's innocent? What if somebody's guilty? You, you know, we don't know all the details. But um, I will say this. Um, in business, and Molly and I had a very similar take on it, which is like, you should not be doing trauma exercises in a business context. You should not be living in the same house. You shouldn't be trying to make money off founders and get them to pay you $3,000 to stay in the house. It's just a recipe for disaster. Um, anybody who's watched reality TV shows know in business, or in a reality show, you put a bunch of young people in a house, you put alcohol, bad things happen. And then these people seem to be, have, if this is true, again, it's alleged, they were seemingly trying to study cults to do this. I don't know if they're exaggerating or if they're doing like the exercises that you would see in a, a normal corporate offsite where people share and are vulnerable. So I don't know. Um, the whole thing is messy. And I try to um, basically stay out of those things and let you know, if it, if it does wind up as a legal situation, let that work itself out before commenting too much. But it does on its surface look really gnarly and founders should not be living together. And they should, if you're a founder and somebody wants you to share trauma in a circle and pay them, you know, don't, don't get gamed. Like this is not what the industry is about. This is not what happens at YC Techstars Launch Accelerator. Nobody's doing this. This is not normal practice for a bunch of people to live in a house together and make reality shows. And it got weird, obviously. At, at a minimum, it got weird. At a maximum, it got, yeah, really gross. I don't know what you think of it, Sam, or if you have any details. No, I mean, I, I appreciate the perspective. Um, I, I guess as a follow-up, have you ever had founders that come out of, like, incubators or shared living situations or – Hacker no. hostels, whatever you would call it. No, now. no, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. It's not a way to advance in the industry. The only way to do well in the industry is to build great product and, you know, uh, 
if you're a builder and you build great product over and over again and you ship product, you will get noticed. That's all that matters. So be a designer, be a UX person, be a developer, you know, make great product, study customers, and people will notice. You need only have three customers paying you for people to pay attention. So just, you know, you can do no code. You could do, you know, uh, any number of platforms to build a small product and get noticed and to delight customers. So that's always my best advice. There are no shortcuts to building a great product except to roll up your sleeves and build product. And if you keep building great product, people will notice the end full stop. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate you. Fair enough. Uh, Gregory, you're up. Thanks, pal. Appreciate you. Gregory, you're up. You have to unmute yourself, I think. There you go. I got 250 it. people live, 16 minutes in. We'll do this for 40 minutes or so. Questions about episode 95, startups, capital allocating, or life writ large? Hey, Jason, I'm so happy you finally came over here and started a show. Uh, you know, we, we, a lot of us have been wanting to talk to you guys forever, so really appreciate it. Uh, question for you is, you know, you had, you had said Kimball Musk was going to be at the All-In Summit, and I was kind of curious what happened. His schedule changed, um, but he was going to come, and then he couldn't make it. But you know, we got his brother, so that was oh, like, okay. Yeah, you know, a consolation prize. So, but Kim was a good friend, obviously. Yeah. yeah he's, Sorry. Yeah, he's doing some. No, he just literally the dates didn't you know? work. He had to yeah. be somewhere else, and you know, we didn't. He was there Sunday, but he couldn't be there Monday. We didn't have any programming or the ability to do programming on Sunday. But he's awesome. Hey, I just wanted. Oh, cool. And I wanted to say thanks. You know, you're really great at responding back to people on Twitter. I mean, you replied to a lot of things that I put on there, so I appreciate it. And oh, um, yeah, I try to. I, I, I try to be available. Yeah, and I, you're cool about that. And I and I really love uh, how you really nailed in the science corner with Freeberg. Uh, it's made the show a lot, uh, I guess, more structured. And I, I yeah, love hearing from him. So I, I really appreciate that too. Uh, you know, I, I basically created the character <laughs> Sultan of Science and the Queen of Quinoa. And, you know, in order to get him more engaged, because he was, as you probably, if you watch the YouTube video, he would just leave the show for 15 minutes or 10 minutes and go, yeah. was an interested in politics, <laughs> he'd just leave. And I was like, listen, I need you to be more involved. And, he, you know, I'm, I'm like kind of the coach or the point guard. I'm trying to get him more involved. And uh, I was like, listen, I want you to bring a science story a week. We'll do like the science corner thing, right? And um, it turns out fans love it. Um, Sax doesn't love it. Sax will just go do his email or he'll walk off the show during that. So Sax wants to do politics. And Freeberg yeah. will opt out. Freeberg wants to do science. Sometimes Sachs opts out. And, yeah. so, and then Chamath and I stay engaged the whole time. So, you know, it's not easy my job to, uh, you know, produce this thing and to uh, keep it interesting, cut people off, move the conversation along, you know, get a lot of shit online. Um, moderation sucks. It's like it's nine out of ten times because, you know, I challenge something that people politically disagree about or something. But um, it's not easy. And I, I appreciate the fans. Anybody who's got notes for me on how to be a better moderator or make the show better i'm all ears um but you know i think we got to, i think we got to top 30 for a reason you know like listen i'm not saying the show's perfect but i think it's compelling i'll leave it at that okay and chat was working so i don't know why you're not seated on your side so um so weird i said hello in chat and i see your settings are because i don't do things that's anybody if i don't know if anybody from calling is here but if anybody from calling is here chat's not working for me but 262 people live, which is nothing to shake a stick at. Okay, thanks, Gregory. Anything else? Okay, and one last pitch for you here is uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Howard Lundzen. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I sent you a thing, and you, you both you and Howard responded to it about doing a Sunday TV show because you know Tim Russell being gone. There oh, that was not funny. Anybody Gregory, yes. who can yeah. do it, I think you two together could do it. And I'd love to produce that show. 
<laughs> okay, I'm, Gregory. I'm you know, here's the thing. I, I got. I'm doing. I'm doing seven episodes a week right now. That'd be great. I mean, I consider it's interesting you bring up the Sunday morning shows. I, I created All In as the creator of the format. Um, you know, Chamath and I, Chamath wanted to do a podcast, so he's really responsible for the start of this. I agreed to do it with him, and then I came up with the format, and the format was the McLaughlin Group, um, where I don't know if you've ever seen it, right. but you can look up McLaughlin Group. If you're course, over the yeah. age of 40, you know it. If you're under the age of 40, you don't. All that good, but it, McLaughlin yeah. was a grumpy, interrupting, provocateur of a moderator. And people said the same thing they say about me. Oh, you're interrupting people. Oh, you're talking over people. Oh, you guys are arguing. Well, guess what? McLaughlin group was fucking compelling because you had really smart people challenging each other, right? And sometimes, yeah, it did, it did become a little chaotic, but yeah. you know, that's the price you pay for it not being boring as fuck. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't model it after McLaughlin. Yeah, and it was great. He would always say, "Nope, you're wrong." At the end, it, it's this way. You know, he he was amazing. So, he was great, and I and I'm yeah. I'm trying to do the same thing here. And you know, I, I'm not I'm willing to put my ego aside and ask questions for the audience. So you'll often hear me say, "Hey, explain this term," or I ask a basic question. The people are like, "Oh, Jake, how stupid!" He asked a basic question. I was like, "No, I'm asking the basic question because I know that I don't know a third of the audience. I have a pretty good indication of that a third or sometimes two third don't understand what a bestie is saying. And I try to unpack it for him. Right. And that's what I try to do for the fans. I take the hit. People are like, Oh, Jake, doesn't understand what, you know, this is. And it's like, you don't really think I, I'm investing 350 companies. You don't think I understand this. Like, <laughs> are you fucking stupid? Like I'm asking this question for the third of people who are in college or not in the industry. Like we got a lot of people watching the show who are, you know, what we'll call in the industry civilians. They're not yet in the industry. And, and, and I try to be good to them too. Great job, Gregory. Five star right, call. You're up next. Uh, Aditya. Aditya, please tell me if I got your name right. It could be Aditya or Aditya. Which one is it? You have to unmute yourself. Aditya. And okay. He opted out. I'm going to take another caller. I think it's Jeff again. Jeff, I'm sorry if I hung up on you before. No. I, can you hear me? Yeah. Thank God. Coming in five <laughs> by five. Crispy, the, you know, calling app, I, I, I told Sachs. Oh, he doesn't respond to me much these days. Uh, I told Saxe, I thought this is like much more crispy and tighter. The app seems, uh, the quali audio quality seems better. I'm using a headset, so hopefully I sound good. But go ahead, Jeff, what's your question? I've got a, uh, I've got a good friend that uses crispy as a positive uh, euphemism, yeah. so I, I will pass on that you use it too. That's great. Um, so two questions. First of all, I've uh, been an all-in listener since the beginning, episode one, and go back oh, in history. Thanks. With you as a man uh, in the startup community, so uh, oh, lots of lots of plot it's it's well deserved. Um, so my questions about the pod um, ninety five in particular. So the first was it's an important topic for me because I've got uh, I've got ADHD and I've got a thirteen year old with potential ADHD seems pretty sure. obvious to me. Um, <laughs> meds it, the industry is a mess. Uh, mental health writ large in this country, go back to the Reagan administration, some of the decisions there, to shut down federal funding for it. And what we've found, I guess, in 2022 is that no one really knows what yeah, what I the right solution that. is. And I, I'm intrigued by Chamath's startup that he was talking about. Sure. I guess my first question is, are there any other startups that you know as an angel or given Chamath and what he's looking at in the industry like that are interesting alongside what he's looking at? 
Yeah, there are a lot of them uh, doing ADHD, ADD. Uh, there's a lot of software out there and services and coaching and stuff like that to help people. Um, you know, if you believe in this software, which it does seem that there are studies now showing that you know some mindfulness uh, or behavioral therapy techniques. And again, I'm not an expert. I am a psychology major. I do think about this stuff often. I do my own research. I, I too have had. Uh, you know, um, folks close to me uh, be either diagnosed or people think they are. Um, I think we can all agree that we're over-diagnosing and over-medicating folks. I don't know anybody who would disagree with that statement. And then I think the people I know who have taken Adderall and some of these things uh, universally have told me it was fool's gold. I mean, I've, I've had this conversation no less than 50 times with, with friends, family, whatever, and they said the specifically with Adderall, but also some of the other ones that they had short term to medium term gains and long term pain from it. And so I don't know that it could be just the number of people I hang out with, but that's what I've heard from folks. And I've heard folks say they did it with their kids and it was amazing. And their kids then paid attention at school and they did better in the factory farming school system where 30 people have to sit down and shut up. Yeah. So I think part of the problem is, and I sympathize with parents, the you know sit down and shut up school system, as I call it, is um, designed to kill kids' spirits. And yeah, if you give them these drugs, they're going to sit down and shut up. I wonder if these kids have anything wrong with them in most cases, and if they just need to go out and run around the schoolyard a bit more, um, and that we're basically making it a crutch for teachers who want 30 kids introverts or who will sit and do it so i don't have all the answers but i do think we need to have the discussion and that's what i with, that was my without opinion. question I, I can't thank you enough for at least bringing that to the surface you, you guys do a good job of bringing in these topics that are untalked you know they're unaddressed in any of the traditional media circles so i, I appreciate it's hard that. to talk about it right because listen you have adhd i get it you know um, you have kids who might have it and then you probably have you know, this voice in your head saying like, should I be taking this or should I not be taking it? Yep. You know, wh what's the, what's the right situation here? Right. And yep. so, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate that you're, you, you, uh, you're up for the conversation as well. And it's great to meet you, Jeff. And I'm, I'm giving you the follow here. Any I appreciate that. Uh, here, last question that's related okay, sure. uh, yep. only because it's important. Um, I originally got the vaccine because of listening to this pod, not because yeah. any, anyone's a doctor, but the way Friedberg explained, you know, sequencing the, the virus, protein folding, alpha folding. And so that, that really gave me validation to use it. Um, I'm wondering if the rest of the besties, yourself included, have thought differently with 2020 hindsight with you know some of the waning effectiveness i the drug companies haven't been as quick to produce boosters that i as i thought yeah. they would be um given we're like, and all that yeah i mean it seems to me like we were had you know in the united states three or four thousand people dying a day at the peak of this it does seem at my age 50 uh at the time when i or maybe i was 49 at the time when i got the virus at the end when i got the vaccine that uh and being overweight at the time i was plus 30 pounds that I could have wound up on a respirator. For me, it was a no-brainer, given yep. that you know, uh, you know, it did seem to be very low risk, and um, you know, the fact that it all got politicized seemed crazy to me. It does seem like the boosters are waning. The statistics seem to show that. If I was higher risk, if I was seventy years old and fat and had asthma or acute issue, I would definitely be taking more boosters. I, I've done one booster or two. I think I did two boosters. No, I did one. I didn't even do a second booster. 
Um, and I had COVID and it, I didn't know I had it. It was so weak that I didn't even, I thought I just had a cough and it turned out I had it and I tested positive for 20 days and I didn't feel anything and I was skiing every day. So um, Love it. I'm, I, you know, now we're down to 400 people a day dying from it in the United States. I think probably half of those are people dying with it. So maybe it's 200. And so I think it's kind of dipping down into, okay, this is like a bad flu season or twice a bad flu season, something like that. So I think that, I think these vaccines drop the death rate massively. And so for that, I'm thankful. Uh, and I made my, that's my decision. And I'm, I, I just, I don't think people are dying from the vaccine. I don't buy it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I do think you have to be able to hold multiple things into your, your head at once, which is there was also this issue of, you know, I think, um, 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 you know, your, your, the virus got weaker over time, which they told us would happen. So people are like, oh, the virus is even greater. It's like, yeah, but the virus that we have now is much different than the one in New York in February of 2020 when there were 3,000 people a day dying in New York. Like that, I knew people who worked in the emergency room in New York, and it was chaos because that was a much deadlier virus, period, full stop. And now it's become you know, a more benign virus. So. Hey, hey anyway, congrats for the, uh, the congrats for the fitness progress. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Love the pod. Okay, Peace. talk to you soon, brother. Cheers. All right. I think I made a nond the next caller. This is um it needs to be a little more responsive when you make somebody the next caller, but it seems to be pretty solid. Anand, you're next. Hey, Jason, give you a nod. Okay. I can. Uh let's see how good your question is. A nice tight question, because I'm trying to get through a lot of them. Yeah. Uh I wanted to hear your thoughts on something you mentioned in uh, all in around influencer VCs. Uh how do you yeah. think about the value add of an influencer VC versus the traditional sort of venture capitalist. Yeah. I mean, listen, I was one of the first three. I think myself, Fred Wilson and Brad Feld were the ones who were blogging and sharing information early on. And so since that was the case, um, I don't think everybody needs to be an influencer to be successful as a VC. Uh, period. Full stop. You do not need to have a podcast to be a VC. I know everybody's creating podcasts now. Because of this week in startups and all in, they think it's like kind of a requirement. It's not a requirement. Nor do you need to be a blogger. You need to be helpful to founders, and um, you need to meet with a lot of companies, and you need to write checks. That's really what's necessary. I will tell you, um, I do get massive amounts of deal flow. We did sixty meetings last week as a firm, first introductory meetings, um, and that's called from probably two or three hundred people who maybe three hundred people who contacted us. So. 60 times 50 weeks, 3,000 meetings introductory, and then we make 100 investments a year, 50 of which are new. So we're you know, investing in 1% to 1.5% of the people we meet with. It's a huge advantage for me. It's probably why um, my statistics as an investor have been you know, world-class or you know, top of the class. It's because of the amount of deal flow I have. So I do think it helps with deal flow. And on the opposite side, obviously, if I talk about a company, um, that gets them a lot of attention. And so it can be helpful for deal flow and it can be helpful for promoting companies. Uh, you may have seen the super gut people made an ad. <laughs> they didn't tell me, but they made an ad out of me saying super gut tastes great. <laughs> and uh, I'm waiting to hear from Freeberg how well that did on Instagram. But, you know, when we talk about something, um, you know, both pods, this being syrup's got a huge audience too. It can be helpful to a founder. Uh, when I had Travis on, we found the first three city heads after San Francisco from that podcast episode. So it can be helpful at finding key employees, it can be helpful at finding key customers and downstream investors. It's a real thing. 
but you have to be high quality. And you know what? When you're just starting out as an investor, maybe it's time to just shut up and meet with companies and be helpful because you don't actually have something to say. So there's a lot of VCs talking shit on their podcasts or whatever, and I'm listening to the advice and I'm like, not good advice. <laughs> like that, you know, they're they're objectively giving shitty advice and because they feel they need to give advice. And it's like, yeah, we don't need you to explain term sheets for the 12,000th time in a thread, you know, just do something else. <laughs> Focus on being helpful in some other way, like helping hire people for your companies or helping them get product market fit. There's other things you could do. So I'm a big fan of people specializing. Great question. Anand, hopefully I pronounced that correct. Thanks. Uh, Oha, am I pronouncing your name correct? Oha, O-J-A-S, I'm O-J-S. thinking the J is an H, Ohas? Ojas. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. so okay, so it's actually like a J. Question. Yeah. Go. Thank you uh, for uh, uh, for answering these questions. Um, I had a quick question. My question was, um, what do you think uh, that first-time founders lack in terms of like what quality, like what quality do first-time founders often lack that is most important when Great. starting your first startup? Great. Focus is always the 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 founder killer. You need to get focused on one thing and doing it really well. You got a lot of founder ADHD out there, ADD, speaking of ADHD, where they won't focus on one project. They got a conference, a podcast, a SaaS company, and they're a, a scout for you know a venture firm. It's like four things. It's like when I was early in my career, I focused on one thing. Now I focus on three things, but I made my money already. <laughs> so I think I'm entitled. Um, so I think focus is key. And then I think being super focused on customers and your product and building your team are the things that founders need to do early. So you need to build a great team that builds a killer product that delights a customer. And man, I see founders doing everything but those three things. You should either you should really be focusing on understanding your customer, talking to your customer, studying your customer, and building a product that delights them. And what people do is they build a product that they think is cool but they never talk to customers or they talk to customers, but they can't build product or they're great at building a team and a culture, but they're not good at building a product team product customer. Just stay focused. Great question. Oh, Joss. And I followed you. Thank you so much. Uh, Don, I'm going to make you the next caller. And uh, these questions have been awesome. Nice tight questions. Don, do you have a question for us uh, or for yes, sir. Yeah, the room? Um, hey, who serves my dad? You call me Jacob. Don't, <laughs> don't make me feel old, brother. Hello, fi- fellow fifty-year-old here as well. Um, so uh, we're tired. I, I'm really glad that you mentioned earlier. Uh, sit down and shut up. Education. Um, we've got a really rare occurrence here. Um, I've I used to be a teacher. Actually, I interviewed you years ago on my podcast. I don't know if you remember. Started playing. up. Thank you. Um, right. And so we, we've got this triumvirate that our Secretary of Commerce, our Governor, and our new uh, Secretary of Education are all working with us, and they're very highly interested in promoting Innovate Within, but also um, getting curriculum in front of kids, um, getting them to, at minimum, think like entrepreneurs. So my question is, what would be something like? What would be something you or David or Chamath or David, uh, the other David Freeberg as well? What would David be a Frank. lesson? What would be a lesson that you would want to make? Sure, like, if you had fifteen minutes with a student or students, 5,000 of them, what would something you'd really want to get across their radar? Well, I think being entrepreneurial and taking, um, having agency over your career and your life is very important. I think a lot of people, um, you know, maybe don't take enough uh, career, 
you know, don't, don't take enough ownership over their um, career and, and nor are they told to, right? So my generation, I was told to be a cop or a fireman. Other people who were smarter than me academically in high school were told to be lawyers and accountants. Uh, we never really, uh, growing up where I grew up in Brooklyn Bay Ridge, you didn't have a lot of people saying start a company. You didn't have a lot of people saying yeah. be a venture capitalist. You didn't have a lot of people sort of setting very you know high end um, expectations. And uh, you know I had to set the expectations for myself. I had to you know claw my way into thinking um, that I could do this. And um, yeah, it's uh, I think that's the thing that's missing. Okay. Um, secondly, and um, I, I, I won't be respectful for the people behind me. Um, we also have a, a kind of a rare instance to um, we have a CIO summit this summer and it's uh, sponsored by our governor and, and started up that if you and, and the Davids in Shamath <laughs> um, would like to come out and no, seriously, we have the CIOs of some fairly large companies and uh be our guest at the indy 500 um we've got oh, some cool experiences that's so nice of you thank you um yeah no i our, i, I our, can't our, even get my guys to do all in summit 2023 and that was like <laughs> the number one tech conference you know better than ted code according to reports and that's you know that's rarefied air to be as good as those two conferences so yeah I can't even get my guys to agree to do that. Well, actually, I think Chamath and Sachs would do it. I think Freeberg is still. So who knows? Maybe I'll be. Yeah, maybe I'll get three votes and I'll be able to do it again. But if not, I'm just going to do my own version of the All In Summit, um, and then just invite. Maybe I get Chamath and Sachs to show up for me. But um, I'm going to do it next year, either under the All In brand, or I'll do it under a new brand name. Um, and just invite the same people and invite the same speakers. And, you know, if, if my besties want to do it with me, they do it with me. If they don't, I understand. Um, yeah. You know, some people want to monetize the pod, other people don't. Oh, no. We well, actually, we got David Sachs to talk to our top 10 last year. Oh, he was gracious enough to do that. No, I'm talking about if you wanted to come to the Indianapolis 500. Oh, just me? Without the best? Okay. Yeah. And, 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 Maybe. and like, seriously, happily, because um, our chamber, our, our Secretary of Commerce is a big yeah, fan yeah. of the show. Oh, and uh, yeah. he would let me get another leave. caller in here, brother. And I'm yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Based on how good this so much is going, time. I think I'm going to do it every week. We'll see. I'm trying to support Sachs. You know, Sachs <laughs> is like everything. Sachs and I are at war. Maybe we are, um, but I'm trying to be supportive of David. So you know, this whole app, you know, the all in app. I'm sorry, call in <laughs> app. I'm trying to be a little supportive of him. Well, thank you for this time. Okay, Don Isaac, or I'm sorry, Isaiah. Hard to see here. A little bit of a small font here. Isaiah, you have the floor. Give us a tight question, if you would like to. Isaiah in three. Let's try that. I'm gonna try it without uh, AirPods. How's that? Oh, you there. Good. We got you. Yeah, perfect. perfect. Awesome. I'm gonna give you. I'm always gonna count you down three, two, one. If I if I don't get you, awesome. Get you next time. <laughs> hey, I've got uh, an appreciation and a question. So my appreciation is uh, just first. Um, <clears throat> E95, I think, was fantastic just for a couple reasons. Um, yeah, I I'm really just. It's a controversial yeah, so, I mean, episode, obviously. It was super. I, it was funny because like everyone was like, "Hey, this was so controversial." But I, I ended that episode. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is like this is all in. This is why." You know, oh, there were two good. the two topics that were discussed there. I think were so important. Um, first of all, like retrospectively looking at foreign policy mm-hmm. is just not something that happens in the you know the public sphere. I and thought it, that was no, a great I, point I, by Sachs, right? Like, hey, do we do a post? failure a post-mortem on each of these and the answer is i I actually did a little searching after the episode and it turns out we did do a whole thing 
um, after the Iraq war when we had the bad information. There was like literally a commission on it, right? So like a congressional we do, but thing. I don't – yeah, there's a congressional thing that looked yeah. into it. Remember we had the bad information? Right, that, right. Um, Where they're doing general – the right, WMD yep. stuff, right? Like, so we actually yeah. did do an investigation into that, but we don't do it enough, right. and we should do it in totality well, for. And it doesn't you know, happen in the American in the in the American public's eye, right? Like, it doesn't happen in front where it's the public square where people are looking at it and saying, "Was this a good idea? Like, am I going to vote this way again?" So that's David the Dove. I would say David the Dove. You know, David Sachs is a Dove. Yep. Yep. David the Dove. I'm dub- I'm going to call him now in the next episode. You guys can preview <laughs> here, but David the Dove, which is crazy because you all these Republicans in the GOP. They they tend to be warmongers and, and hawks. Yeah, you know? they they yeah. want to mix it up with Putin. They want to go to Taiwan and, and hold the line. So no, it is interesting totally right. that you know, Sachs is such a dove, David the Dove. Yeah, you know I'm I'm a boots on the ground Republican. I'm 23 years old, and and it's very funny. Most of the Republicans I know that are sort of 45 and above are exactly what you're talking about. They're hawkish, and almost all the Republicans I know my age are listening to all in and they're like, Oh my gosh, David, like, please take this to NatCon, you know, like let's, let's get this out as mm-hmm. the major policy. So it's an interesting age gap. Um, so yeah, major appreciation on that. The other one was talking about ADHD. That one's um, close oh, to my thanks, heart. Like a, getting a lot, another yeah, caller. Getting a said, lot of feedback on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what did it, you like about that? My teachers had said to my parents when I was younger, like this could have you know seriously changed the course of my life. Like you need to be on Adderall. You need to be on these drugs. And, uh, you know, my parents were like, you know, absolutely no way in hell. We're not going to do that. Um, I ended up, you know, I got gr- bad grades all through school. I dropped out of high school when I was 17. Uh, but I dropped out because I had a six figure job offer from a local software company. So I was not, uh, I was not. Able so you to have, okay. So they were, they derided you in school and you've got the highest salary at that time of everybody who graduated. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And, and so, that you know, that was. That was possibly, you know, very altering. I, I think that my ADHD is really just a superpower where I was not 100%. interested in working you at school work when I came home. You're like one of Professor <laughs> X's mutants. I tell everybody this, like Asperger's, ADHD, ADD, all these exactly. things, um, you know. Yep, yep. Uh, it's, it's a real superpower. Hey, my question for you is, how do you think about contentment and hunger? So, you know, we've got contentment on one side. It's like, my life is okay. And then the other side, you've got like, I'm, you know, I want more. I want to keep pushing. I want to get better. How do you balance those things? Are they naturally in conflict? Uh, how do you balance them? Great question. Um, you know, I, I'm still hungry, but for different things. So I think being self-aware is critically important. You know, I, I built media companies, not software companies. Why did I do that in my 20s and 30s? I just love media. I would have done better if I was a venture capitalist earlier. I would have done better if I did software companies. But that wasn't interesting to me. And so I think when you look at your life and your career, it's important to say, hey, what do I get joy from? You know, what do I love? And then you can look at your skills and you kind of make this, you know, the what do they call those three circles? The Venn diagram, is that correct term? Is it a Venn diagram? You put three circles. You know, it's like, hey, what are you good at? What does the world need? And what do you love? And can you mm. find that thing in the middle? It turns out media and doing podcasts and talking and shit talking and being a moderator for me is what I love. It's what the world needs. Uh, Absolutely. You know, and, uh, you know, I can make a living from it. And, and let's be honest, who's the best moderator in podcasting right now? That'd be Jason Calacanis. Exactly. Who's number two? <laughs> Come up with a number two. By all means, I'm, I'm willing. I'm willing for somebody to say, hey. 
you're number four. Here's the three people in front of you. Sure. By all means, fucking come at me and tell me. Because people <laughs> want to complain about my moderation. Tell me the better moderator. Kara Swisher? Yep. No. Kara Swisher's yeah, a I, great interviewer, but she's not I, a better I tagged moderator you on, than uh, me. I tagged you on Twitter after episode 95, and I was, I was the one saying, hey, you know, stop interrupting sex. But, you know, interest, earlier in this conversation uh, with another caller, you're like, hey, like I modeled this purposefully, um, you know, and it's interrupting and it's, it's vibrant. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, I hope you don't get too much, too much flack for it. Isaiah, if there's a moment where I interrupted too much, I'm totally willing to hear it and take the note. As I tell everybody, my besties included, if you think I could do a better job, give me a timestamp. Yeah. Let's break it down. And somebody did break down the timestamp where I interrupted Sachs. And I said, Sachs, we've all heard this take you have uh-huh. of the warmongering and everything. What do we do going forward? This is at minute 40 or so in the episode. Yep. Yep. And I people remember. are really upset about this. And I said, listen, do you want to hear Sachs the sixth or seventh time tell you what a bad job Biden's doing? Or I was trying to showcase Sachs because I know the audience. I know you're fucking listening, Isaiah. And you're saying, okay, I've heard this from Sachs before. I wa- and I know in your mind, you're probably thinking, well, what happens next? What do we do going forward? And so I said to him, and I said it twice. Hey, so what are we going doing forward? I know what you say- you've said this before. What do we do? It's, it's, a, it's a little confrontational. Yes. But I wanted to actually make Sachs look good by telling us what to do forward. He did not have an answer. So what did I do? He's double teamed. I gave the ball to Friedberg. And what did Friedberg do? Gave a fucking great answer and he dunked it. And I timed it. I let Sachs go for over a minute on a stump speech and I let Friedberg go for two minutes. Yeah, it totally turned into an alley up. It was it was an alley up from from Friedberg for sure. Yep. He I mean, and that's my job, right? Yeah. And then you guys saw when Friedberg was moderator, did I put the ball in the basket? Did I shoot? Can I hoop? Yes. Absolutely. When Freeberg was the moderator, I can also shoot and put the ball in the basket. I'm a combo guard. You can put me in either position. I choose <laughs> to be the point guard on this team and feature everybody else. But if Freeberg wants to play point or Sachs or Chamathu, I will I will score the fuck out of that ball. Yep. Give me the give me the yep. rock. I can put the ball in the basket. There's no doubt about that. So you know, listen, Absolutely. I, do I get excited? Do I get passionate? Yes. Do I talk over some people sometimes? Of course. Uh, but is the podcast entertaining? Do you keep Absolutely. tuning in? Yes, as well. Okay, so give me a note. I, you, my DMs are open. DM me anytime. Hey, J. Cal, I thought this transition could have been better. I'm like Steph Curry in this regard. If, if you went to Steph and you said, hey, I found something out about your shot mechanics. I think you could go from 42% to 43%. You know what he'd say? Oh, man. Keep Tell talking. Me. Keep talking. Yep. Tell me. Tell me. I'm already the best. I'd like to be better. I would like to increase the gap between me and the next best moderator. That would give me incredible joy. So for everybody listening, by all means, email me, jason at calacanis.com. D- open DMs at Jason. I'm the most successful guy on, on the squad and on the internet. Tell me how to be better. But don't dunk at me and say like, oh, you're interrupting too much. Give me a specific example. Let's talk about it. Love it. I appreciate hey, it. Hey, last thing, Jason. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know if you've seen uh, Reed Doucher. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. D-U-S-C-H-E-R. Mr. Beast's manager. He's got his own um like media company night company he just dropped um night venture and night capital looks super super interesting he dropped it about the night same time venture, we're talking night about capital it. yeah so night media he it's mr beast and all these brands but just at the night same venture? time you guys are talking about like influencer capital is like hey night venture night capital these guys 
They're total oh, I know killers. About this. Yes. Total killers. Yeah, I, I, I met with one of the guys. Um, nice. I did meet with yeah. one of the guys there. Um, I think what they're doing is they're finding influencers and then they will set up capital for them to do brands. Are they doing the chocolate bar? Yeah. So, so for Mr. Beast. Beast? Yeah, so that company there, uh, specifically Reed, I think, kind of spun up both of those companies, Beast Burger and Feastables. Feastables, um, Feastables. They basically just took the exit from RX Bar. So they basically mm-hmm. just grabbed the RX Bar team um, from that exit and then just put them behind uh, Feastables. So that was pretty interesting. But yeah, I mean, it just seems like a killer team. They're doing some cool things. So I want to put on What is radar. the uh, URL? Do you know the URL? Is it? It's night.co. Night.co. And then if you click like up in the right, I think there's like Capital and there's Ventures. Yeah, I did meet with these guys at some point. Um, ventures, Night Ventures, okay. And then where is Labs? I'm trying to figure out where. I, what you think it's Ventures or Labs or Capital? Uh, Night uh, up in the right. There's like a a Ventures button and a Capital button. That's that's what I remember. Mm-hmm. Just if you go to okay. Night.com. Night Holding. Anyway, it's a lot. It's a lot going on here. But yes, I know they were working with Mr. Beast on his thing. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, super cool. Uh, anyway, if you end up uh, cool, co-investing yeah. with them, you know, let me know. <laughs> awesome. Be cool, bro. Okay, hey, uh, I'm going to take two more callers. Uh, Pranesh. Pranash or Pranesh? Pranesh. Uh, it's, uh, it's Pranesh. You got it. Pranesh. Got it. All right. Yeah. Where are you calling uh, in from? Uh, so I'm calling in from uh, Purdue, actually. Oh, Purdue. You're going for your yeah. degree? We got, we got a lot of college yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's so, your degree? Uh, uh, so I am actually doing interdisciplinary engineering. I was in industrial engineering, couldn't cut it. So I switched mm-hmm. and I'll be graduating this semester actually. So, awesome. yeah, yeah. So, um, so Got first of all, I want to say, yeah. oh, oh, sorry. Do you have a question uh, for me? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a comment and a question. Um, Great. I want to say like, I think like you, uh, and I'm not, I'm not trying to like, you know, like you, you really are the best moderator. I think you asked like who's who's like a number two. I think a really good number two would be Reed Hoffman. Um, like, oh yeah, I haven't heard him. Mo- uh, you saying interviewer or moderator? So moderator would be more than two people. No, he he hasn't. So he hasn't done uh, moderation in a while. But if you uh. see like his um, like the uh, Stanford panels where he like uh-huh. uh, interviews like three founders at once. Um, I could see like, that he's very smart and he's very generous. He's got high EQ. I yeah, he's. Yeah, Reed is so. I think like apart from Reed, I, I think like everyone else is like a distant, like not even close. So awesome. Um, Good to yeah, know. So, I, uh, I take that the right way because you know what I'm, I'm going to do after this. Yeah, I'm going to go find him moderating those Stanford things. I'm going to watch it and take notes. See if I can pick anything up because that's oh, what I do. Okay. I studied the game. Thank you. Awesome. No. Uh, yeah. That's that's great. You need um, career advice. You got a question about the pod? How can I, I help you? Yeah. I uh, I have a question. So. Uh, you did a interview like this was uh, one of your best interviews I thought actually uh, for this week in startups uh, October 2018 uh, with uh, Chamath. Yes. Great yeah, idea. like yeah, the one which you know absolutely blew up, and you you actually have commented. Someone commented saying you know Chamath needs his own book, and you said you know he'll have his own book in three to you know uh, uh, I think three to four years or three to five years it was. <laughs> I think that was your comment. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, do, do you think, do you think you'd, you know, you'd be willing to work with him on the book? Do you think he's ready for a book? Any comment on that would be really cool. Thank you so much. Great. Yeah. I mean, I think he should write his autobiography in 10 years. Um, oh. I'm going to write, I'm going to write mine when I'm 60. Um, I, 
you know, a book, you have to have something you're very passionate about um, that people can understand why they should read it. If you're going outside of like a biography, I'm writing yeah. my second book, which is about money. Um, yeah. The first book was about angel investing. This one is just yep. money in general. Um, oh, interesting. I yeah. So I, I haven't really talked too much about it, but I'm a third of the way done with it. I just need to power through and I need two weeks of uninterrupted writing to kind of get to the 80% mark with my guy, Brian. Alvey. I, I, um, but I'm excited to finish it. Yeah. I mean, Jamoff, if he had something very specific um, that he was passionate about, yes. But you got to realize these things take a year. Of course, and yeah. And then, you know, so, yeah. it's just, it's, they're, they're the worst, the worst bang for the buck of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A podcast is the best. Right. A live of event course. is somewhere between the two. An email right. newsletter is as good as a podcast. So, you know, if you're going to build content, a book is the worst thing you can do. But what yep. I like about it is the challenge of it. And you really yep. have to have a tight thesis. Uh, and so, yeah. All right. It would be. Uh, sorry, uh, just one point. I, do you think he'd be up to write like a book specifically about mental health? Because I don't think anyone else has like talked as specifically and as like as much in detail about mental health. Like I actually have. Hmm. Like, I'm not sure was... if he would want to do it because I don't know that he considers himself enough of an expert. Oh, there's two types. Okay. There's two types of ways to write these books. It's, it's right. really, really insightful that you you brought this up. If you want to write the book and you're not an expert, you have to be willing to become an expert. Which means yeah. I just had the, the the writer Sebastian who wrote um, the Power Law, it's mm, a re mm -hmm. really great book about the history of Silicon Valley. He told me it took five years and two hundred fifty interviews. Wow, that's a, a big commitment. You know, two hundred fifty yeah. interviews, three or four hours each, and a thousand yeah. hours. It's half of a full time year. Plus, after you do those interviews, you have to transcribe them, write them, edit them, and then consolidate them. So he probably spent three, four, five thousand hours on this. He probably spent two full years full-time writing that book, five years part-time. So huh. it's just hard, you know, and yeah. that's if you're not an expert. Now, if you are an expert, when I wrote Angel, uh, you know, I could do that in, I could write two, 3,000 words a day pretty consistently. Um, mm -hmm. And then let's say I was writing 2,000 words a day and I was throwing away 500 of them with an editor. Mm -hmm. That means 1,500 words a day. You know, if I got to get to uh, 60,000 words, which is a, you know, mm -hmm. short book, but a good book, you know, that means I got to work for 60 days or something. And I got to work for 40 days, 40 days. Yeah. Would be yeah. somewhere in that range. So 40 days of writing means I'm writing all morning. I take a break and then I sit with my editor and go through the 2000 words, cut them down to 1500. You know, some days you throw away words, some days you, you get to 3000. So it, it's a, it's a give and take. That's if you're an expert on the subject and you've got right. good notes, et cetera. So when it comes to the, the next book I'm writing money, I am an expert. But I'm also having to do some research this time and I have to right. talk to some people. Yeah. And so it's taking me a little more work right. uh, because I want to understand how some people became powerful and acquired oh. a lot of money. And so I've had to do research on, you know, what are the different techniques that money gets acquired outside of inheriting money right? Right. or being a dictator and a criminal. So <laughs> we don't cover those topics, but we cover all the other right. ones. So no criminals, right. no um, <laughs> trust fund kids. But everything right. else on the table. Great question, Pranesh. I yeah. appreciate you. And I thank you. Thank you. And looking forward to your book. Thank you. Okay. All right. Great. Okay. Listen, everybody. Great job, everybody. Uh, let me take one random question here. And you know what? We haven't had a female caller, I think. Uh, oh, oh, Ari from Manhattan is here. That, oh, I got to take Ari from Manhattan. Sorry, guys. And then I'm going to try to find a female caller in here. But I got Ari from Manhattan. That's my guy. Toxic boys. How are we doing? Over? What's going on, J. Cal? You hear me all right? I hear you five by five, brother. All right, I'm rapid. ready for the season. 
rapid fire, bro. We're doing rapid uh, fire. We do a Are rapid we fire. Calling in with the rapid fire. <laughs> Are we go. All right. So three quick Shout questions. Here we go. Shout out CP. Um, if you had to attribute, you know, you know, a lot of these other guys, obviously, Sax was from, um, you know, PayPal, Chama, Facebook. You know, Friedberg's obviously a genius, uh, Google engineer. You know, you're the guy who's kind of like the bridge between the elite and Main Street. That's why I really like gravitate towards you. I feel like Ooh, you're the between most- the elite and Main Street. I like it. Yeah, you're like the most. I'm not going to be Friedberg ever, but I could be maybe Jason Calacanis one of day. Of course, right? you, could. So, you are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you had to, if you had to attribute your success to like one adjective, like one thing, what do you think it is, and why do you think you became uh, successful? Especially, you know, going to California from Brooklyn and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, what, what's Great the one question. thing? Well, I was relentless um, in my work ethic, and then in taking risk. I think. You know, those are two two things that are two sides of the same coin. So I worked absurdly hard. I still do. And then I also took risk. So starting all in, in fact, was a risk, right? Chamath called me, said, I want to start a podcast. Now, I already had five, four days a week at the time this week in startups, going to five, going to six, printing money, you know, building an audience. And I was like, okay, fine. I was like, we just want to come on this week in startups every week. He's like, no, I want to do something completely new. I said, like, great. Let's think about it. Let's come up with a poker name. Okay, how about all in? He's like, great. Hey, maybe we get two more people in here, shoot the shit, you know. And so I, for every project you see me succeeding on, launch, This Week in Startups, All In, you know, conferences I've done, books I've written, you don't see the other 10 projects. And it's probably like three to one, you know, projects that didn't work versus projects that did or things in the middle. So you have to be relentless. I see you taking your brand as a call in to CP show, uh, Nick's Fan TV, and now you got the Toxic Boy. So you built a brand. You're taking a shot. Oh, you take a shot. Oh, okay. It could suck. Oh, okay. You know, people could criticize you. Oh, you guys are derivative. Oh, you guys are the 10th person to do, you know, whatever. Talk to Fuck them. The people who are saying that have done zero. And so people criticized me and derided me my whole life. And all I did was put numbers on the board and try, 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 try. And I consider myself like John Starks, bagging groceries, and all of a sudden I'm on the Knicks and I'm dunking on, you know, Michael Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> I, I don't have to be Jordan. I'm in the NBA, right? And you know what? You have to also understand there's a lot of luck. How do you create luck, Ari? By being of action. And, you know, when you make a product, when you make a logo, now you got a logo for Toxic Boys. Now you got three partners. Now you're doing something on a regular schedule. All of that is increasing the luck. You know, right. you're, you got a brand. You, you're already you're, in Manhattan. You're, you do all caps. You're trying things, right? And you're going to get criticism. People can say it's bullshit, whatever. You know what? They said the same thing to CP three years ago when you know he was outside interviewing people, and you know he he was terrible and he didn't know how to interview people, and now he just is a maestro, right? So I think that's it: the relentlessness and taking chances. I put those two right. things together. Fantastic. I like the being of action. You know, lucky comes from being of action. That's really good advice. Uh, the next question: rapid fire. Obviously, you've been very critical of the accredited investor laws. I know you believe in, um, you know, testing for competence. Um, but two parts. Number one, do you think these accredited laws are really for consumer protection or do you think it's for the elite to remain in control? And do you think the laws will ever change? Because, you know, I'm trying to wet my beak, bro. Yeah, of course. So I do think the accredited laws are in the process of changing. They've been, you know, moving along as the SEC moves slowly and thoughtfully. Um, a lot of people criticize them for moving too slow. There, there's probably uh, some fairness to that critique. You can go to Vegas. You could go to a local bookie. You can go on any sports right. site and, and gamble right now. Why are you too stupid to be able to bet on Uber or LinkedIn or call in? If 
Sachs says, I'm going to put, uh, you know, a million shares of call in for a million bucks at a hundred million dollar valuation. You think it's smart. Why can't you put in a hundred bucks, a thousand bucks, 500 bucks of your own money? I think, you know, they started those laws because a lot of people got ripped off in the 1920s and up into the um, Great Depression. And it's hard to, you know, this we talk about on the pod, you know, once you organizations like governments, private organizations, unions, you know, whatever it is, they like to get bigger. They like to make rules and they don't like to get rid of them and they don't like to get smaller. It's just an antiquated rule. I think we will see a test for competency. If we can let people buy and carry guns at the age of 20 or 18 or whatever it is in some states right. and walk around with them, we can let them buy some shares in Uber, you know, because they took an Uber and thought it was a cool idea. Um, we just need to have, make sure people are educated and I, you know, and, and give them a test. You, you want to drive a car, take a test. You want a gun, take a test. You want to invest in startups? Take a test. All these things involve risk and responsibility. Take a test. Just, you know, society's better if you just take a 25-question test and we know you're not a dipshit who's going to put all their money on black and, you know, spin the roulette wheel. And if you right. choose to do that, great. At least we knew you were informed and you knew the odds. Got it. All right. And last so quick question. Fire. Last one. Yeah, last fire. quick question. I saw a picture of you um, with the Golden State Warriors after they won the chip, and Neymar was there. And I'm a big Neymar fan. I love soccer. I just want to know. I know he doesn't speak English really, but what was it like meeting Neymar and Draymond? And like, who do you think is like the most intelligent basketball player or soccer star that you've been around? And uh, thank okay. you for the call. Yeah, great job, Ari, uh, for Manhattan. I didn't know it was Neymar. My friend was like, hey, I play poker with this guy. His name's Neymar. I was like, oh, what do you do? He's like, I play soccer. I was like, oh, professionally? He's like, yeah, I play professionally. I felt like an idiot because I don't follow soccer. I was like, oh, and then I realized who he was. Nice guy. Um, you know, Draymond is a good friend, um, and he is just so impressive to be friends with him over the last five, six, seven years, like maybe seven years, and just watch what he's done. Um, he's completely underrated. Um, what his impact on the game, his impact on his teammates, culture is just amazing. And his, his grit and his hard work is unbelievable. And I don't know everybody in the NBA, but I know Bogut, I know David Lee, I know Steph, uh, I know Draymond, I, I met KD once or twice. I, you know, it, I am just absolutely in awe of the impact Draymond has. I think he's going to be a tremendous investor and entrepreneur post playing and i think he's got two more chips in him this has been an hour with jcal um i wanted to get a woman up here to ask a question i know we have female fans any women in the audience i can't tell from the images any women want to come up and ask a question any female stands i see you in the audience but i don't see you raising your hands it was like 10 dudes 10 dudes no women asking questions. I would really like to get a female perspective here. Hmm. Let me take a look and see if anybody. I got eight callers in line. Are any of the Alejandra? No, I think that's a guy's name. I've never met a woman named Alejandra. Cam could be a woman. I don't know if they are. Huh. Raul. Bork. Uh, hmm. All right, listen. I will do one more. Just picking randomly here. Alejandra, you get the last question. Make it a good one, brother or sister. Hi, J. Cole. Alejandra. Oh, my God. It is York. a woman. Yes. Finally. Okay. <laughs> Thank I, you, J. Cole. Alejandra, a gender neutral No, name? it's like Alejandro, but with an A. So with, if, it, if ah. it ends with an A, it's a female. 
Thank you for educating everybody here. Alejandra, you're a friend of the pod? Um, really big fan. I think one of my favorite episodes are the ones in which you do the predictions. So just as an oh. idea, it would be really fantastic to have sort of like a mid-year check-in. Um, mm -hmm. I saw that as part of the comments on the tweets, and I thought that would be really great. Amazing. I think my what a great suggestion. Question for me. Yeah, my question to you, Jekyll, is and appreciate the platform and having a female voice here is, you know, how do you plan to increase the female audience and particularly, you know, the criticism around female founders not receiving as much capital? So sure. any thoughts you have around that? Thank you. Okay. So two yeah, stay on the line. Two great questions. Um so we're not doing guests, but we have had uh I think out of the maybe the five bestie guesties, one was female. Uh if you remember when we had the episode on Roe v. Wade, Chamath brought, I'm blanking on her name, my short-term memory is fried. Uh, we had a guest who was female who was an expert on the Supreme Court. Um, and then at the live event, I made uh, tremendous efforts to make it more diverse. Um, it wasn't diverse on the first pass. There were some issues. Um, there were some women um, who, because of the politics of certain folks on the pod, were um, creating a little block of people who weren't going to come because they disagreed with certain people's politics, which I was very challenging for me. And I thought was complete utter bullshit. Um, you know, I, I really didn't like that. Um, but it is what it is. Um, and in terms of funding, I think a lot of female, um, a lot of women are starting their own venture funds. And I've always, my position has been, you know, this will change when women start writing the checks in a major way. And women are writing the checks. Now my firm has, um, uh, three managing directors. They're all women. Um, I have three daughters. I am trying to be that change in the world just by hiring and giving the opportunity to more people who are not represented. Uh, and you've seen that with me training Molly every Sunday on VC Sunday school and passing on whatever I've learned and trying my best to answer her questions and have a dialogue with her and, and give her the opportunity. And she's making the most of it and she's a hard worker and deserves a shot uh, more than anybody I can think of. And so I think the world's changing quickly. Um, I would, uh, a lot of the statistics you'll see about women not getting funded will use the dollar amount. And why is that not a good statistic? Well, because the majority of venture funding in dollar amounts, percentages goes to late stage companies. The late stage companies are companies that have been around for seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years. Therefore, that was a period of time when it was primarily uh, men funding men. If you look at the number of people being accepted to Techstars, My Accelerator, Y Combinator, you will see the statistics both in terms of race and age. And gender, maybe not age, I don't know if this is but definitely in terms of race and gender have changed dramatically. So the percentage of female-led companies or companies with a female founder or a person of color uh, or um, uh, a Latinx, I think that's the preferred term right now, um, has changed dramatically on the terms of that. So I feel the industry is moving really quickly and owning this issue. I feel very good about the progress. It could always be better. But I feel like the progress is there. And, you know, all these young venture firms, first time venture firms raising three to 10 million are doing a great job as well. And uh, I LP some of those funds. So I think, you know, maybe with the boomers, they actually cared about gender and, you know, keeping an old boys club with Gen X. I didn't see too much of that. And now with millennials, like it's super diverse by default. And then, yeah, if you just look at the statistics in the United States, like 
we have so many mixed race um, uh, couples and kids, uh, including my family is uh, mixed race. My kids are Hapa. They're half Asian, half Caucasian. Uh, they're Greek, Irish, Swedish, and Korean, um, and they're majority Korean. So I think the world's just changing, and I think you know everybody's sort of trending towards multicultural. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like the idea that one group of people would get less funding in another 10 years is going to seem like insane that this even existed. So I feel like we're, we're on the journey. That doesn't help you Alejandra, uh, you know, right now, if you're trying to raise funding, but it's, it is, I, I can tell you right now is easier than 10 years ago. And it's easier than 20 years ago for sure. No, absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it. And thank you for the time. Of course. Okay. This has been after all in uh, with JCal. I'm going to, this was delightful, and I hope I helped my friend Sachs out. And if you ever have questions or comments for me or things we can do out on the pod, you know where to find me, jasonacalacanis.com. You can watch my other show, This Week in Startups, uh, youtube.com slash thisweekend. I'm doing that live with Molly Wood every day, 10 a.m. And um, really appreciate all of you for showing up. And if you want to help J-Cal, uh, I've been getting brigaded in the comments on YouTube. I am ca- I'm creating the J-Cal Brigade. It's official. You have to help me fight the MAGA lunatics who are attacking me relentlessly. Go to, uh, you can join the reverse brigade by going to YouTube, episode 95, and any other episode. And the keyword to use is delightful. Just say, J-Cal, delightful moderation, or that was a delightful episode. I'll know that you're doing that for me as one of my stands, as one of my army, as one of my brigade. So I'm starting the reverse brigade. Protect J-Cal as the moderator at all costs. I try to keep the show fun and exciting for everybody. So I need your support. Go to YouTube, post comments, saying how delightful I am as a moderator. Again, the keyword is delightful. You can write two or three sentences and just drop in delightful to know you. Be creative, have fun, but just drop in a delight a delight or delightful or anything like that. Appreciate y'all. And uh, this was so great. I did an hour and 10, 318 people live. It peaked at like 340. I'm going to do it again. I'll put it on the schedule. So within 48 hours of the next episode, episode 96, you get to do another after All In with J. Cal. See you next time. Bye-bye.